What's up, guys? This is Crystal K, uh, and you're listening to Macon. In 2017, 2.3 million foreign residents were living in Japan. While that may only make up about 2% of the population, this was a record high for a country that has often been seen as one of the most homogenous societies in the world. So it's clear that times are changing, and Japan's diversity is also reflected in the faces that make up its entertainment world. But it wasn't always this way. Born and raised in Yokohama to a Korean mother and an African-American father, Crystal Kay is considered a pioneer for biracial artists and was one of the first half-black singers in mainstream Japanese music. This J-pop singer has been breaking the mold in Japan ever since she released her debut single in 1999. This is her story. I think my case is kind of interesting because um, back in the 80s, there were a lot of, so I grew up, I'm born and raised in Japan. My mother's Korean, my father's American, he's from New Jersey, uh, but he was in the military, so he was stationed in Japan. So I went to American school on the base, on the naval bases, and uh you know, there would be it would be a lot of mixed kids or half of kids. But usually it'd be like half white, half Japanese, or half black, half Japanese. I was probably the only maybe me and one other girl. We were the only half black and half Korean kids. So my parents, you know, my mom had me when she was 23. And uh, basically, she was like the <laughs> the rebel child. <laughs> She's the eldest of three girls, and she would listen to they say black music here, <laughs> like funk and soul and yeah. all that stuff. You know? And uh, she she didn't run away, but she left the house when she was like sixteen, and she was singing at clubs, hanging out with Americans by the face and I, I think that's how my dad and my mom met and they had and they divorced when I was maybe eight but I still went to school on base and just I think you know her mother was very like Korean parents are very kind of square <laughs> they tend to be especially back in the day and her father was a professor so even more so it's like they don't want their people to know that their daughter is like a rebel and you know fell in love with a black man and has a mixed kid oh my god so they literally made it seem like they only had two daughters i didn't know all of this until like a few years ago yeah when my mom and my grandmother we all went to Pusan for this tv show and we just kind of started talking about all these things and grandma started apologizing to my mom about how she treated her and, and all that and it was just it was a great bonding trip because I didn't even know that was the reality like my mom had to go through 
While navigating this complicated multicultural identity wasn't always easy for Crystal and her family, her mixed heritage might be one of the things that shaped her musical style. Crystal's parents exposed her to music beyond the borders of Japan. It might sound cliche, but music is universal. And I grew up listening to records with my mom and my dad. And it wasn't like Japanese music, American music. It was like everything. What sort of stuff they listen to? Diana Ross, Prince, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Michael, of course. I love Michael, Michael Jackson, Janet. That's basically probably what made me become a singer them. Um, so, you know, I I just knew I wanted to do music, and music equals the world to me as a kid. And I was kind of naive because when I first came out, I was like, why isn't my CD selling in the States? Because I didn't understand that I was like a domestic, <laughs> like a Japanese singer, you know? Um, so yeah, my dream's always been to be kind of like the bridge between the East and the West. Yeah. Crystal's mother in particular played a very special role in her career. In fact, Crystal got her first gig at the age of four when a friend of her mother's, who had a production company, needed a kid's voice for a game. She continued recording more jingles, and one of them developed into a full song, becoming her debut single when she was only 13 years old. A singer herself, her mom gave up a major singing contract to have her daughter instead. As Crystal's singing career continued to take off, she always had her mother next to her every step of the way. So here it's like management yeah. and label is separate. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with Universal and uh, I'm with LDH, uh, management company. But before I was with them, it was just me and my mom doing our own thing for like seven years. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So she's, I think, done well. Yeah. <laughs> she still sings. She still sings. She's not under any contract or a label, but, you know, for fun. Yeah. She'll do shows every month and it's always packed. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, being the only child and it's just been me and her and we work together and we live together it was kind of like a love-hate yeah. relationship for me because you know it's like oh okay whatever mom <laughs> um, but now I'm you know as I'm older I can really appreciate her because it's you know being in the industry being a singer can be really lonely at times and it's really special that you have like a mentor that's that close to you like my, me having my mom she'll let me know she'll teach me things like that because she's always there where you know a lot of things singers realize takes years and years whether it's you know this technique or just things that we accumulate throughout the years that you just have to figure it out like trial and error on your own but then I have my mom to to give me advice and all that stuff so I really appreciate her more and more now so yeah, growing up as a Korean in Japan, marrying a black man, 
and raising me on her own and taking care of me as a manager and my and uh, you know CEO of our management company back in the day like she just had to be a mom a dad a manager a boss all of that The term hafu is used in Japan to describe somebody who is biracial. Because this word is usually used in the context of someone who is ethnically half Japanese, Crystal never quite knew how to self-identify when she was growing up. We talked to her about hafus in Japan and the growing number of mixed race kids who are breaking into the entertainment industry. I mean, growing up around all these hafu kids, you don't really know the difference. I didn't know I was Korean. I didn't know the difference between Korean and Japanese. You know? I just thought I was maybe Japanese. <laughs> I wasn't too sure. And uh, I guess now you see a lot of half kids in the industry. You know, so like the model and the modeling industry. Yeah, Kiko half Korean. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, it wasn't that common. So. I think I always grew up with a bit of a complex, like identity crisis, maybe, because I couldn't really identify with being Japanese. And there's not a lot of half black kids. Like, I was like a double minority. <laughs> and seeing so many half of kids in the industry, whether it be modeling or acting or singing, I think it's really great for the next generation. And I hope, you know, I give them kind of like the strength or some positivity um, for them to be like, oh, hey, she's kind of brown, but she's doing what she does. So maybe I can do what I want to do, too. You know, anything, anything, even just that bit of confidence or self-esteem. Because I'm sure there's a lot of kids that share the same um, identity crisis. And it's becoming more and more normal. I wouldn't, I don't want to say normal, but the norm. Um, and actually to a point where people think it's cool to be mixed because of girls like Kiko and also, um, you know, half black, half Japanese uh, stars. <laughs> like the boys from um, Sunday made Jason Brothers. It's like a boy band. And there's a couple of mixed guys in there, so and they're they're killing it right now. So people are, are like, oh wow, it's really cool to be mixed. Um, so I think it's a great thing, and the world is probably going to be brown in like 20 years. <laughs> so. <laughs> But is it always just positivity and smooth sailing when it comes to this new generation of hafus? Yeah, I think some people are still a little bit closed-minded. Um, yeah, but I mean, with, you know, people, and like, I think it's easier when people in the industry or uh, athletes 
Yeah. For example, there's another athlete, I forgot his name, but he's half black, half Japanese. And he, I think, did like a, he had like a Japanese record. So more and more people that are representing in, you know, their world, yeah. sports world, modeling music, yeah. it's, it becomes easier, I think, especially when they see those kind of people on TV and media yeah. to kind of just accept it. Yeah. You don't really have a choice. Right. <laughs> Being pulled between two cultures isn't just something Crystal deals with when it comes to her racial identity. Being half American and having grown up with international music, it's also been a theme in her music career and her identity as an artist. In terms of music, I have to balance the style. Like I first started off as kind of like an underground R&B hip hop vibe. That wasn't really mainstream. But then I came out right around the same time Utada Hikaru which is huge, and Nisha, they came out with like that Western R&B hip hop vibe. And so that became mainstream. But um, uh, yeah, so in the beginning, I was kind of just full on, you know, I didn't really want to conform to the sound, like a very Japanese sound. I just did a really stuff you would maybe hear in the top 40s in the States. My sound was very American or Western, Westernized. But because the R&B scene was kind of becoming mainstream at that time, which was like 18 years ago, <laughs> it was cool up until I had a hit that was like a theme song for a drama series. And that song um, was a Japanese drama. And that song was very J-pop, like almost kind of bubblegum, kirakira sound, <laughs> kind of cute sweetness to it. And that became a hit. So then, you know, the label and people kind of looked for that sound more than the super R&B sound. So that's when I kind of had a, felt like a conflict within me because I want to do the Western sound, but then I have to kind of cater to the mainstream Japanese, of course, J-pop scene. So I would kind of just try and mix it up. It was always one of her dreams to branch out to an American audience. So Crystal moved to New York City for two years to pursue music in the States. But while she's often perceived as being American in Japan, she ironically discovered how Japanese she actually is. I think when it's just a vacation, I don't know, you, you don't see the everyday living situation and all that stuff. But when you actually live there, I really felt that I was really Japanese. Yeah. Like, I have, you know, cultural issues. I don't have an issue with at all because I speak the language. But um, I think, like, mannerism and being aggressive, trying to pitch yourself, all those skills you kind of need in the States. Yeah. Because it's such a cutthroat industry. We don't need that in Japan. You know? So I feel like Japan is, like, a really safe bubble. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. When you say... 
Yeah, you have a manager. You don't really have to hustle. Like the hustle mentality, especially you know in New York, such a melting pot, and everybody's coming from around the world trying to make it the, the American dream. Um, you got to stick out. You got to stand out because there's so many talented people. Like what makes you different? What makes you stand out? What makes you better than all those other people that are really good at what they do? But in Japan, it's more like you don't want to be the nail. What do you call it? They they say it's a saying.、Um, the nail that sticks out will be hammered. So like a you don't want to stand out. Like it's a consensus based society. So you you have to you want to fit in. You don't want to be different. So you don't really need that. Like yo, look at me, look at me, kind of. Thing. People don't.、Um, they would rather you be a little more obedient, and、yeah. you know. So it's like complete opposite. And I didn't have those skills, the the hustle、yeah. mentality in me.、Yeah. So whenever I would have the chance to meet, you know, I don't know, Gaga's manager or somebody important in the industry, I wouldn't be able to pitch myself. So I would be a little quiet. I guess in a way, I'm not too like in your face, <laughs> character-wise. So they would kind of take it in a way like, oh, does she think just because she has a career in Japan, she's gonna make it here? Like, why isn't she being more hungry? Like, they took it the wrong way. So that killed me because that's not my intention. I'm just like, I don't know how to kind of pitch myself. And put myself out there.、So、that's kind of the issue I had when I was in New York. She also came to learn the differences between the American and Japanese music industries, and what works in one doesn't necessarily work in the other. You know, actually, I do have like over 60 songs I did while I was in the states. Yeah. That were totally made for the American market. Yeah. So it sounds very U.S. like top 40 vibes. I don't know if they'll ever see the light of day. <laughs> Hopefully, sometime in the future. I think there's a huge difference in a way that there's more、uh, creative freedom. Um, because literally, you can be singing about nothing, but if the beat or the track is hot, like people eat that up, you know. But that's not really the case here.、Uh, they really put emphasis on lyrics. They really pay attention to the lyrics, and they love stories, love、uh, love songs,、um, unrequited. Is that how you say it? Love. And and also the sex appeal, you know, the U.S. or the Western, it's like you can be singing about sexy ass stuff, <laughs> and people love it. But I don't think that would really work here, you know. So it, I really had a good time, not really. Thinking about all those things and just creating and having fun and yeah, let's just work on this and if it's not cool, forget it. Yeah, work on the next track kind of thing. 
Crystal has since relocated back to Japan after her stint in New York, but she won't be staying in her comfort zone for long. She plans on continuing to develop her style, perform in different countries, and reach more audiences. You may assume this means she'll need to sing exclusively in English to do this, as is the case with many Asian artists trying to break into new markets. But Crystal has a different vision of what being an international star sounds like. Um, I think what I bring to the table is that the sound, like, say you can be somebody that doesn't understand Japanese, but can still rock to my music because maybe, you know, oh, the beat's dope. You know, I don't understand what you're saying, but the melody and the beat, you know, oh, I can dig this kind of vibes. And that's what I want to do. Like, I want people all over the world, when they hear it, when they hear the sound, they can just kind of, you know, rock to it. Crystal K is only 31 years old, but has been a professional entertainer for almost two decades. Aside from having a long, successful singing career in Japan, she's performed in the Royal Albert Hall in London, collaborated with Lionel Richie, and even branched out into acting. And shows no signs of stopping. Personally, I think that there's never a a mountaintop. It's like, I call it the Mount Foreverest. <laughs> there's no summit, like, there's no ending to learning yeah. and, you know, growing. I always feel like I've never reached 100%. There's always something to learn. There's always something I could have done better. And I think that's what makes artists special. Um, it's a, a never-ending process, a never-ending journey, and you're always changing. And I think becoming a better version of yourself. So, yeah, it's a never-ending mountaintop. <laughs> If you enjoyed the story and would like to experience more, head over to Macon.com. That's M-A-E-K-A-N.com. Or search for us on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening.